Robots Radio presents... Guardians, and welcome to the Destiny Show Podcast. I am your host, Cornholio, and tonight we welcome a very special guest from the Destiny Unfiltered Podcast. We have Man at Arms. We're going to be talking about so many awesome things on the show tonight. We're going to be talking about podcasting. We're going to talk about the Prophecy Dungeon, and we're going to talk about all of the news that are straight out from Bungie Headquarters. And I'll begin by welcoming my co-host, Shadow Price. What's good? Yo, what's happening? Just another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Uh, you know, it's actually pretty nice here where I am in New York. Um, we I've actually gotten outside, you know, for a good amount of time uh, amidst all the, uh, the sickies out there. But hopefully, every you know... Everyone is starting to turn the corner, even though there are other places. I know I say this every week, but I'm I'm genuinely concerned about people, you know. So hoping everybody, you know, we all get through this together and we're gonna have an awesome show tonight. So, you know, I'm glad to be here. Meanwhile, me and Car Holio are down in Florida and it's slowly devolving into a post apocalyptic nightmare. Yeah. We're, we're fucked. It's like <laughs> living in Fallout 76. Not yet, so but I'm prepared for it. We're, we're getting there. This weekend, apparently, we're getting hit with a Category 6, or what would you say, Shadow Price? <laughs> no, Shadow no. Price, no. Oh Shadow God. Price the weatherman, so he knows. It's like a nah, one. No, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be like one. They, it looks like it's going to start a, it's a tropical storm. It's going to move up your coastline and it looks like it's going to form into a category one, but hopefully, you know, it stays off coast enough for you guys, you know, so you, you don't get too much. Uh, I'm only right next to a lake. Weather. That's all. Okay. Yeah. So I'm fucked. Okay, cool. Is this your first hurricane <laughs> on TV or like in real life? No, like, like in real life. No, no, I've never, oh, never okay. experienced a hurricane. Oh, this is nothing. This is I survived Katrina, bro. This is like a, a like a strong wow. fart. It's fine. <laughs> I'm excited actually. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Me and my dog are going to really enjoy this <laughs> time. Um, but you know, I've been home pretty much playing video games and I've been playing Death Stranding. That game is fucking awesome. Amazing. Everyone says game. it's amazing. Dude, it's such a good game. Not I'm everyone. So I'm so upset, and fuck the people who said it's terrible because they're terrible and they don't know any better. Ooh. I sense I sense some salt. <laughs> it's a masterpiece. It's not just a great game. It's a masterpiece, and people just don't understand. And I wouldn't have played the game if it wasn't like 70 bucks for the collector's edition, but I got it and came in a huge ass box. That's your P baby. That's good. That's my P baby. Yeah. But dude, that game is so, <laughs> so fucking awesome. Like just play it. It's out on PC. Shout outs to Hideo Kojima. Mastermind. 
I reserve judgment till I play it. I can't. I don't have a horse in this race or to talk about it until I actually play it. I'll never get around to playing it, so I'll just live vicariously through everyone else. It's fine. <laughs> I will be tweeting about it at some point when I get around to it. You see, you I'm all right with that. Podcast. I'm all right with like living like vicariously through someone else's eyes. Like I don't even have to see the full stream. I just need like I'll I'll, I'll follow your journey on Twitter. I'm all right with that. Oh, you're definitely gonna see a stream if you see stream in that game. You know, there's definitely some streaming. <laughs> oh yeah. So let's let's kick things off. We're gonna learn much more about Man at Arms. We're gonna learn about who he is, what he does and how he got started in the Destiny community. We're going to put him on the hot seat tonight for our discussion with the Guardians. And Man at Arms, I hope you're ready. We're going to get started right now. I mean... So how did you get started with playing Destiny? I, my stepson, got me into Destiny because he was a solo player and could not get past certain content. And he had to come pull me off of mothballs because I am a Halo player. Nice. And it all started from there because I hadn't played games in like 10 years. So he gets stuck on something as soon as I get past the whatever he was stuck on. I was like, okay, I'll take it back now. Okay. That's awesome. And when, when did, did you start playing Destiny? That was when I started because it became, he was a Titan. And he would, we would flip flop. So I would play a hunter and play PVE nice. stuff. And we would, that's just how we would like spend time together. And he might be playing on a, not a switch, but whatever the hell he had at the time, PSP or whatever. And uh, eventually one day he showed up and like, I think it was like a Christmas. He gave me my own Xbox. He's like, so you don't, you don't have to play my Xbox anymore. You can play your own. So he bought me my own Xbox. Nice. And then we played together for a long time. But he kind of, he fell out in Destiny too, around uh, Curse of Osiris. And he's he's not coming back. Ooh. I try to get him back. I've, I've wasted money on a couple of uh, expansions now, if I'm not mistaken. I'm like, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. He's he's gone, gone. So you say you're a Halo player. Um, have you played all the major Halo games then? I stopped at three and I played Reach. Uh, I played Reach a long time ago. Nice. So you but, played all the major they, Halo games. Good. Yeah. That's nothing good. after that. I'm, I'm like, eh, none of this exists. It's fine. The Bungie Halos. Yeah. Right. 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 But uh, where you I, really oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, I'm excited about the new one. I might get into that because I'm playing other games these days. Yeah. But I'll, I, I, when a new game comes out, I always watch to see what's going to happen because I save so much money that way. That's true. Like, uh, what was the? Uh, oh God, the, the game. The well, the the game that was going to kill Destiny like last year. Uh, oh, Anthem. Uh, Anthem, right? Yeah, or I said. I, I Anthem was like, this looks really cool. I'm gonna watch everyone else play this. And it was a cool two weeks and everyone was out. I'm like, well, I'm yeah, glad I didn't buy that. Because there was no end game to speak of in that game. Um, now, were you mainly a PvE or PvP player in like Halo? and in I played PvP. It's nice. played the campaign one time and never do it again. Did you do it on Legendary? 
Oh God, no. <laughs> Why? Why? It's a great experience. Believe believe it or not, playing a Halo campaign on Legendary with four of your friends is fucking awesome. It's so much fun. Like it's hard as shit though, but it's a lot of fun. I would much rather just go into PvP and you know rocket launcher the warthog, and I was cool with that. I was just like, it's fine. Oh yeah, forge mode. I don't need it too. Yeah, it's a lot like, of fun. I'm not doing any of this. Yeah. And we were toxic. I'm gonna not even gonna lie. We were toxic when we oh played God. Halo. We were too. So toxic. Because they used, well, they used to have cross chat where mm-hmm. you can chat to the other team. Oh yeah, I remember that. There's a reason that doesn't exist anymore, and <laughs> I am the reason. I might be in that camp too. Like Halo we Three, were all... really, really <laughs> got under yeah. my skin sometimes. <laughs> Love that game, but man, oh my god, so sweaty sometimes. <laughs> See, I didn't get started until Halo Reach, so I didn't experience all that myself. Oh, I gotta ask you, Man at Arms, what was your most favorite map in Halo Three and your least favorite map, and why oh is god. the your least favorite map Isolation? <laughs> god, I can't remember the names of the maps anymore. Isolation, isolation was the one where um it was all like kind of green and foresty and then there was an underground underneath so it was an underground and then you come up through the tunnel and it was all i like, liked that one. Oh, i hated that map so much oh my god i'm a shotgun ape of course i like that map yeah okay i hated that one though <laughs> that was my least favorite but my, my favorite one is the, the red versus blue map where you had the two bases on either side of the giant canyon. Oh, Valhalla. Yes. Yes, well, well, Valhalla was great. I couldn't yeah. think of it. It actually that's actually like where I live on my Twitter. It's uh where it's like you are from, it says Valhalla. Nice. And that is the reason. <laughs> nice cool. respect. So so man at arms, for anyone who does not know, can you tell us a little bit about the Destiny Unfiltered podcast and how did that all get started? Okay. It's a podcast. I'm done. No, it's uh <laughs> <laughs> We're different. I mean, we're just we're well, I mean, you've been there. It's it's not a normal show and I don't think we even know what's going to happen when we show up. Cuz I mean, I'm basically like a, a wind-up toy. You just wind me up and let me go and whatever's going to happen is going to happen. <laughs> but uh i mean we've changed a lot because we went from not knowing what the hell it was going to be what the hell we were going to do we knew what we didn't want to do like there's just certain things done on other podcasts that we didn't want to do because other people were doing them and it's like well we don't want to be the ninth destiny podcast to do this so we're not even going to deal with that we'll do something else we don't know what we're doing but we'll do something else but uh we you know it was kind of innocent then we got kind of raunchy for a while which is not you know to the surprise of no one i mean legitimately anyone who knows us it was like they kind of expected it to kind of tailspin (laughs) and uh i mean we ryan and i ryan on our pc we don't have anything to promote we don't stream regular i don't make youtube videos regular anymore 
So it's not really a vehicle for us for like to have another guest on and kind of build up our individual careers in gaming, I guess you'd say. So what we really have been concentrating on, and we, we get some of the bigger name personalities in the Destiny community and gaming sometimes, but we try to get people who are really either have really good personalities in the Destiny community or are possibly really good players that all the majority of people have never heard of. And we tried to give them, you know, an hour to tell us, tell everyone about themselves and what they're into and what their communities are about and give them a platform. Cause these are people that aren't going to be invited to, you know, they're not going to be on DCP anytime soon. I mean, <laughs> they're just, they're just not. But, uh, and then we really, and, and this is something I'm kind of passionate about and have been for a while. And well, no, I, I was going to say, I don't know how it started. I do know how it started. I never look at, uh, analytics. I never looked at my YouTube analytics. I rarely look at Twitch numbers. Uh, Ryan handles all the podcast services as far as like Podbean, all, et cetera, all the places where our podcast posts. And he'd always call me with analytics. And just one day it came up in conversation that we had a disproportionately large percentage of female viewers and listeners compared to many other podcasts in the Destiny community, which was, it struck me as odd because... I mean, you know, like I said, we were a little on edge. We were a little edgy, but we were all, we never really got into anything. We, there's a there's a thin line between funny and foul, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. And the closer you get to the line, the funnier something is. But once you go over into foul territory, it's a disaster. So we would we just regardless, we've always tried to maintain that level of humor but being that we had such a large percentage of female listeners we really wanted to focus on uh ex not exhibiting exhibiting sounds like a zoo showcase showcasing female content creators <clears throat> because a lot of what goes on and not just in the destiny community gaming in general with female streamers is fucking horrible and just like if you hang out in a female chat, some of the guy, things that guys come in and say are if you have a game where it's open voice chat. and We all know how female content creators are treated on the air and off the air, you know, through social media and messaging and Discord and all that. So we really wanted to promote as many females as we could and give them a voice. And uh, I've met some amazing fucking people doing this show. I mean, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with like, <clears throat> um, like young con. It's, I think we talked for like an hour and a half on the air and then like an hour and a half after the show. And if you ever get the opportunities to sit down and talk to con, if you're within the sound of my voice, he is just an amazing individual. But, uh, we had uh, Jessica Davis, who is the official Wonder Woman for DC, 
studios. Like anytime there's a live DC, uh, I guess you could say like a con or a movie promotion, whatever. And Wonder Woman's supposed to appear in person. She is Wonder Woman for DC and Warner brothers. She is the official Wonder Woman. She's been the official Wonder Woman for five years. I'm like, how the fuck did I meet Wonder Woman? <laughs> how did this happen? So she always like cosplays, like dresses up as Wonder Woman. It's I you know that was the first thing we asked her when it came up and she's like I can cosplay at a con but if I'm not working I have to pretend to not be me. Hmm. Like are she's like are you Jessica? That? Nope, nope, nope. I, I'm Wonder Woman because <laughs> she, she can get in a little bit of a uh, legal trouble because mm. it would look like DC was officially endorsing whatever event she might be at. Right. <laughs> but like the 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 costume she was on, it, it's a legit like steel and leather like corset that she's wearing. So I'm like, so you probably have really strict dietary, you know, a regimen you have to be on. She's like, it doesn't give, bro. She's like, if I gain two pounds, I can't be Wonder Woman. <laughs> it's like they're fitting this one time. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah, you know, and I can I can very much echo the statement that podcasting has led us to some amazing opportunities to meet some really amazing people in the community. And it's very enriching and it's very eye-opening and enlightening to be able to hang out with some amazing individual, who, some of which we looked up to, like CJ. Like we had CJ on the podcast last year and we literally hung out afterwards for like an hour and 15 minutes just shooting the shit and just chatting and hanging out and just talking about video games and life it's awesome yeah it's pretty awesome it's like one week we have him on he's at ign and then a month later he's at bungie <laughs> so it's like it was pretty cool for him and to have him on was really awesome i just realized i was not following this show from my personal twitch account Oh, thanks, brother. Oh, thanks, thanks, man. Because I am a horrible person. <laughs> I, I have the same problem sometimes. But yeah, then that's that's really awesome that you guys started your podcast, and and I have a lot of respect for what you do, and I enjoy your podcast very much. And I've watched you guys grow quite a bit over the last year, so that's been really cool. I'm still amazed that people show up. I know, me too. Like every show, I'm like, I'm like, okay, cool, you're back again. So you're obviously a masochist. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so, man at arms, what do you do when you're not gaming or podcasting or taking over the world? Oh God, uh, I am on a just a repetitive cycle of real life. It's just, it's really, I wake up, I do my errands in the morning, I go to work, I come home, gaming falls in wherever it falls in, out of that daily scenario, six days a week. It's, I'm a, so I'm a really, really boring person outside of gaming. Because, well, you know, I, I mean, a perfect, like, I had a really good conversation with somebody at work the other day about gaming. Gaming is a really great hobby to supplement your real life 
as an escape. It's mm-hmm. not so good when gaming is your focus in life. Cause there's a lot of people I know where like gaming is their focus in life where it's like they're, they do nothing else, but gaming they all their social media is about gaming. Uh, all their friends are, you know, gamers, their jobs. I mean, I'm talking about younger people as well, not going to school, don't have a vocation, don't have a trade working a job that is not a career but they're playing games eight hours a day it's like well you know this is something you do to escape life this isn't what your life is and then life is what interferes with your gaming it it doesn't really work unless you're financially uh was it independently wealthy that's almost like what uh, Joe Rogan was talking about <clears throat> last week when he made those comments about, you know, gaming and things like that, that some people like, you know, waste time playing a game and not doing something else. I mean, I could see kind of like what he was saying when it came to that, you know, but, you know, I, what I, know I know Joe. I know. I like not personally. Don't get me, I, yes, I know Joe Rogan. No, I don't know Joe Rogan personally. I've listened to Joe's for a very long time. This is not a new statement he's made. He's also said he doesn't understand gaming. Yeah. He has no concept of it. He's had famous people on his show that are full-time gamers. Like, that's their passion. Yeah. When they're not making movies or playing sports, whatever. He's like, I just just don't understand it. Well, when you say... Oh, go ahead. Well, just like you said, it's a form of escapes and escapism. And we've needed that more than any time ever this year because of COVID, you know, like gaming, like, you know, soared tenfold. That's why Switch sold as much as it did during that time. That's why Animal Crossing sold as much as it did I, as well. Living it. And, but, but here's the thing. What's, what's wrong with that? Like sometimes it's okay to just be entertained for a while and to... No, no, there's nothing. Well, no, that's what I was going to say is, you know, when you when you look at it with through the harsh lens of it's a waste of time, there is so many things that are a waste of time. Watching television is a waste of time. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's especially, entertainment, especially cable television. That's a that's a waste of time for sure. Watching I mean, commercials is a waste of time, right? I mean, well, I mean, like me personally, and just because, well, I mean, I always make a joke. I don't read. I don't read anymore because I was required to read many, many educational and philosophical and scientific books in my youth. I'm not fucking reading for fun. But there are people who read for entertainment. They read fictional novels, which I get. I love, uh, what is it, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? I didn't say that right. Did I say that right? Yeah, his I think, got I the think you did. Yeah, I, I have that somewhere in the back of this room. It's like four inches thick. I've read that twice, so I understand reading for entertainment. But reading for the purpose of entertainment is a—it's you're wasting time. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's what you're doing to take a step back from the grind, to take a step back and give yourself entertainment. Me personally, I'm not reading for fun anymore. I'm fucking done with that. One thing I don't do, listen, this is a very unpopular thing. I think sports is a complete and total waste of time. 
I understand that's my perspective. I used to play sports. I was a huge athlete in school. I mean, that's all I did. I didn't learn algebra, like high school algebra, till like my third semester in college because it wasn't really required before that point. I mean, I was a hardcore jock. To me, outside of you're getting together with friends and watching a game and conversing with your friends in person and enjoying, you know, the fellowship friendship during the event to just sit at home by myself and watch a ball game. I think it's a complete and total waste of time. Whereas I have friends, that's their passion. And I'm okay with it. I'm not criticizing them. It's just not important to me. Gaming is important to me. I still feel that when I'm gaming, am I being productive? No, I don't want to be productive at that moment in my life. I want to forget about shit. I want to shoot people and, you know, uh, live out my homicidal fantasies <laughs> on <laughs> live on Twitch in front of witnesses. So yeah. I, I, it's, it's, it's all, it's just a matter of perspective. A lot of people were offended by what he said, but if you look at it from his perspective, I mean, Joe Rogan's career in of itself is a waste of time. People wasted time to watch news radio. People wasted time to go to his live comedy shows. People waste time to listen to his podcast. There's two sides, you know, to the, to what he's saying, basically. It's just a perspective based on your value. Right. Right. Because look at, look at, look at gaming as a whole. It is the number one form of entertainment in the world. It's, it's more popular than movies. It makes more money than movies uh, and TV. It's the number, it's number one. So I mean, no, it's, go ahead, go ahead. the thing is, is like, we have all of these, you know, people have great careers, you know, working in games, you know, making games, developing these games that we love to play. You know, they, they put in the time and the effort and the, the blood, sweat and the tears, you know, to, to, to make this entertainment for us, you know? So I think everything, you know, can, if you just got to take things in moderation, you know, it's like, you know, just like anything like dieting or, you know, like exercise, you know, it's just gaming can, you know, you, you just can't let it consume you. You know, we've all been playing a game and I'm talking about everyone in this conversation where we were doing something in game. And at that same moment in our life, we were about to piss our pants. <laughs> yeah, it has happened. <laughs> it's like, I got to finish right. it. There is no pause. Because you played it for so long and you got to take a piss. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like you're in a strike okay. or you're in a raid or you're in a match. Oh, my it's God. Like, well, Especially there is no pause. <laughs> there is no pause on this. We corn have to wipe. walk Rocky, you know. Make <laughs> that right corn. But you know what? With cloud gaming and you'll be able to play Destiny essentially on your Android phone pretty soon, it's going to open up a lot of doors. Like, are you going to be able to play Destiny while you're taking a crap? Maybe. Who knows? Like, you'll be able to play Destiny anywhere. At any time, it's exciting to me. I'm, I'm curious to see how it's going to work. It's, uh, I don't think PvP is going to be a thing. No, like, will PvP not be ideal. Be fine. No, yeah, you don't be, Eventually, eh. maybe, but, you know, we'll, we'll be good enough bandwidth to allow for that to happen. 
Yeah. I know Fortnite does it, but it's obviously it's an opt-in and you're only playing other mobile players. Yeah. But I, that, that would frustrate me just to like lose a fight over a, you know, a difference in Wi-Fi signal or and lag and wait tower. and see. Yeah. Yeah. I, that would, oh, that would piss me off so bad. So man at arms, is there anyone in the destiny community who you look up to or who has inspired you through your journey? Yes, and he is everything I am not. Blessius. He's a good dude. 100. Blessius, he is a genuine dude. He is a good dude. He is a clean dude as far as his content. I I think I might have heard him swear in one of his videos a handful of times. Yeah. And it might not even have been his. It might have been like a Mr. Fruit video or something that he was just like guest starring in. But I've blessed, I've always looked up. Obviously, I don't try to emulate him because I am the night to his day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, his, his worth ethic, though. I mean, I know he's doing other things right now and other work and he's overseas and there's lots of So he doesn't make content like he used to as far as YouTube. But there was a point where the guy was doing double and triple uploads a day wow. for like a year. Yeah, I used to watch and, his PvP content when he'd uh, play Destiny. But it's hard enough for me to get, like, even when I have disposable time to do a video in a week, maybe one a month, he was doing three a day. I was just like, wow. It's, but that's, yeah. that's, it was his job. That's what it's, I was just like, nobody grind was doing the grind harder than him on YouTube. Yeah. And then he had that amazing uh, piece with Bife uh, for yeah. the, uh, the, the last word in Thorn. I remember that story. That was excellent. Yeah. And then he, was part of it too. Yep. Yep. Very cool. So I got to ask, man at arms, what do you think of the current state of Destiny 2? Ha. <laughs> I am on hiatus, so to speak. <laughs> uh, I'll keep up with it. Obviously, all my friends play it. We talk daily. I've played literally half a handful of times this season just because my everyday life uh, got really complicated. So it was an imperfect storm on my end. Because I was already kind of burned out from the previous season. So my motivation was a little low. Then we got this big power grind. And I didn't have a lot of time to just mindlessly grind PvP and PvE and milestones to get up to power. Because I really wanted to do the dungeon. Which I'll end up doing. But, uh, yeah, I've I've honestly not played. I've What I have played, I'm not very happy with the matchmaking to kind of get my game fixed. I moved away from destiny to playing rainbow six siege, which is a completely different world than the destiny community. Like it's, it's very tactical. It, it well, it's very toxic. First and foremost. Yeah, that too. <laughs> the siege community is toxic as fuck. Yeah. Uh, it always has been. That's not new. But uh, I'm getting a greater appreciation 
for destiny pvp by playing this game because that's what i have time to do it's like uh i had 25 minutes last night to literally sit in my room while my wife was on the phone and nobody was around me screaming or tearing up the house and i played three siege matches which is nine to 15 game individual matches in those 25 minutes so that's what's been working for me but there's no aim assist on that game at all mm. it doesn't exist like i googled it like what's the aim there is no aim assist oh okay and i have a controller there's like weapon sway and everything in that isn't there there's it's so it, it's a it's it's like I will say one, okay, let me put it in perspective because I'll sit here and I'll talk about Siege all night. It's really put, and when I say it's giving me a greater appreciation for Destiny PvP, I have a great appreciation for Destiny PvP because I appreciate what it is, which it's an entertaining kind of add-on to a PvE game. It's just meant to have fun. There's a lot of objective, like, in that, Yeah, it's A lot of objectives. I, 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 people who take, and I'm not talking about people who are exceptionally good at Destiny PvP and stream. I'm talking about people who take Destiny PvP way too seriously, uh, like attitude wise. I now look at these people as clowns. <laughs> I really <laughs> do. Because <laughs> I have been to the other side of competitive gaming. And I have seen demons and dragons and what they can do with the controller. Yeah. It's just instant death. It's, 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 well, I mean, like the times to kill in the game, like the slowest time to kill is 0.33 seconds. Whoa. In siege? In, in siege. That's the slowest time to kill is 0.33 oh my God. seconds. Wow. The fastest buy shot time to kill is like point. Two one two seconds. Wow! So literally, literally, it's a quarter of a second. Which your reaction time is a quarter of a second. So basically, if you're getting hit, you're dead. It's like hardcore it, TDM in Call of Duty, basically. Yeah. It's like, and if you get shot in the head, you die instantly. Yeah. The time to kill is zero. So it's just. So when we when I kind of hear people debating the times to kill to kill now. <laughs> at you know 0.8 seconds point 1.2 seconds and they're really really hardcore kind of toxic shithead pvp destiny guys i'm like you are a fucking clown sir <laughs> you are a clown <laughs> yeah it's like don't talk to me about time to kill until you come over and see this crazy just shit. come over here and get annihilated with me bro it's just <laughs> but it's i'll take not i'm how do i say this I don't want this to sound derogatory. It's making me appreciate Destiny PvP more, and I'm taking it less serious than I did as far as, like, game mechanics and kind of like my criticism of the studio and some of the things I've done. I'm like, okay, it's not an eSport. It's just not an eSport. It's meant to go... You have all these abilities. You have supers. You have crazy guns and it's like this is literally inter this is for entertainment purposes that's all it is and it, to take it any more serious than that is just i mean you can if you want to that's fine but i'm not gonna 
get any more gray hair or lose sleep over a quote-unquote gun being broken in PvP anymore in Destiny because I'm just like, eh, it's fine. <laughs> just, yeah. Is it, wait, let me a Kimbo Bastion, all right? That's fine. Give me one in each hand. Let's roll with that for a week. Put that in play. That'll be a special game mode. Double fusions. You can shoot with your right or left hand simultaneous. <laughs> me so and Corn tried to. Oh, go ahead. Me, me and him. Me and Corn tried to play Siege when it was free. I think on PS4 one day, like for the weekend. <laughs> and yeah, that was that was a failed experiment. <laughs> it say. was one of those games where it's like grand opening, grand closing. I did <laughs> yeah. not enjoy myself at all. That was before they did all the stuff to fix what was wrong with the game, though, too. So no, it's it, the 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 learning curve is extreme to say the least. I, I this is not the first time I played this. I played this two years ago back when that De- nobody was playing Destiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, early two thousand eighteen. Oh was, yeah. Uh, you know, everybody was kind of doing their own thing. People were playing Fortnite. Uh, you know what the hell the pirate game sea of thieves Thieves. yeah really nice water really nice water in that game it was fun for 25 minutes it was gorgeous yeah but i that's i played c and i hadn't touched it again in almost two years and literally got to the end of last season i'm like i'm gonna do this for a while and it's been a month and i'm radically seeing how I've improved in the last month, which I haven't felt that in a long time because I've played destiny for four years. I kind of hit my skill ceiling playing destiny, but I'm curious how, because I'm getting ready to start streaming in the mornings again in the next week or so. I'm curious to see how differently I play destiny PVP now that I've been in tactical military. I don't think I'll be any better. I actually think I'll be worse because I'm going to be playing really screwed up. Mm-hmm. But it's like I'm a titan and I'm hiding around this corner. Why? Why am I doing this? I already see that happening. Where it's just like, what is all this primary firing I'm doing? What is this? <laughs> On that note, what would you say is the most challenging activity that you have played in Destiny 2 up until this point? Oh God. The most challenge <laughs> the most challenging activity. Uh personally, it was, was an eater of worlds, but not challenging for the reason that you, you might think that it was. Uh my last my last attempt at Eater of Worlds, you know how you have to grab the uh the Vex head and shoot the little crystal or whatever it is to the middle to make the shield come down. Mm-hmm. Um for whatever reason, I would shoot it, and all of a sudden, I would, like, skeeter off of it and start. I was just like, why can I not hold this shot? My controller was dirty, <laughs> and at that moment in my life, it went all out of whack. So when I was pushing to the side to strafe over the uh, the crystal, it would just all of a sudden go, voom, because it turned. So I'm like, I just ruined a raid because I didn't clean the. Oh, you had some extreme control. drift. On your controller, yes. Didn't you? <laughs> like I literally just ruined oh, a raid. Over, oh, dude, I've control. been there. Between my my <laughs> lack of jumping abilities and drifting in the past, yeah, we we lost the, uh, a lot of good men out there. 
the 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 nightmare hunts are uh like uh, when you go to the highest level of nightmare hunt that is extreme and you need a plan like that that's almost like a mini raid because you have you can only bring so many you know different weapons have different modifiers like your uh, your unstoppable or barrier and you can't bring them all with you so you have to because it's a lock loadout so you have to literally coordinate with your team and if you get oh, hit by anything you basically insta die i'm guessing that's how grandmaster nightfalls are too <laughs> actually Grandmaster Nightfall's got to be the exact same way. Yeah. I've watched Bo Solaris do them, and, I mean, Bo's an extremely good PvE player, don't get me wrong, but uh, he's very coordinated with the the people he's going in with. He's like, okay, you're going to play this, this subclass, I'm going to play this. All right, if you want to play that, then I need to play this, so we got that. And then, like, there's it's a, it's like a, watching, like, an offensive coordinator, you know, before they go into a Grandmaster Nightfall. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah, I don't want to do that. That's fine. I'm good with it. You're going to go up the middle. You're going to hang to the left, and we're going to send you around to the right. Right? Ready? Uh, Break. (laughs) Well, that's the same reason. You asked me, you know, about, you know, did you ever beat Halo and Legend? No, because I don't feel the need to go to the game mode to where if an enemy shoots me, I die, and I have to empty nine clips into them to kill (laughs) them. That is exactly why I didn't like the Division 1. Like when I first, it's like, why can a guy in a hoodie, why does a guy in a hoodie take like a full clip and a half to die? (laughs) That was an aspect of that game that they overlooked because it didn't make sense. Yeah, no, no, it 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 took away from the immersion for sure. Because like everything else about that game was perfect, but it's like, why did I just blow through 150 rounds with a saw and that dude is still not dead? exactly how i could not suspend my disbelief at all for that not not in that case he's wearing a down winter coat (laughs) so man arms i gotta ask you've been in the destiny community for quite some time what what are some important lessons that you learned during your time in the destiny community God, uh, I'll tell you the first thing I learned because I was a toxic, uh, you know, from the Halo days. I when I first got into Destiny, <laughs> I was still a pretty toxic person. Like I, uh, I'm not gonna re- reopen old ones. They were actual game devs I went after personally back <laughs> in the day. <laughs> Ouch. It wasn't just like me screaming at, at Bungie. I'm like, you, you are the motherfucker. You personally. I never did anything, you know, like uh, wished harm on her or anything, but I would personally say no, and you, and fuck you personally, specifically you, like <laughs> on the bungee forum, like. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, that was a leftover from like the Halo bullshit, you know, the 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 PvP. I guess you could call it sweat type mentality. Mm-hmm. It, it at the end of the day um you can be a hundred percent right in what you're saying but if you present it poorly you immediately negate whatever insider points you may be trying to convey so it's like uh for example like if i'm at the shop and a guy's getting ready to do something on a car that could possibly injure him. I go, don't do that that way. You know, 
you have to get a clamp and you have to hold it down this way. Otherwise, the spring can kick back and you can crush your hand. And he'll go, oh, oh, I didn't know that. Cool. Or go, listen, you fucking moron, don't do that way. You're going to have one fucking hand. He's probably not inclined to listen to the second version of this. <laughs> I'm right in both instances in my communication to them, but delivery is not well received. But uh, so basically what I learned is you can say anything you want. You can say anything you want on the air. You can say anything you want on social media. You can say anything you want on the forums. But whatever you say, when you put it out there, it has an impact. Be it positive or negative, your words have an impact on somebody else. You might be a person with 10 followers. You could say something really horrible and just the wrong person in a really bad personal situation takes it the wrong way because it touches them personally and you send that person into a mental down spiral because they took this shitty backhanded comment you said and they internalized that and they it's like you know he's talking about somebody exactly like me so what i'm what i'm saying is what i've learned whatever you put out into the world you can you can you know you can be anyone you want on the internet i'm surprised how many people choose to be complete assholes that number staggers me because you have to choose to be an asshole in life. Yeah, it doesn't always choose you, you know, but that's I mean, sometimes it does, but. That's why there's so many people with alt accounts because they know that they're terrible people. <laughs> yeah. So they, they have to make an alt account to be terrible because that's who they really want to be. It's like an insurance policy. They know they're going to like fuck up somewhere along the way. So they, you know, they have an alt account for that. Well, I, well I, I mean, I granted, I, I don't think anyone should uh, follow me as an example in how I communicate. <laughs> I, 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 I am not a role model, but uh, definitely what you do and what you say, you should own it. So that's why I never got the whole alt account thing. I'm going to get an alt account so I can harass this person if i'm going to harass you i am the one who is going to harass you and i want to see everyone i want everyone to see me on twitter harassing you personally i want to own that situation because i think you personally are an asshole and this is me saying it to you that's that's as genuine as you as genuine (laughs) as you can be right there you know? like, I own that. I'm not making an account with a anime character to call you an asshole. I want the world to know that I think you are an asshole, sir. <laughs> and I'm all right with that. <laughs> Change my mind. Go ahead. Here's a fun fact. I have an alt account on PlayStation in Destiny because my character is full literally on everything. And Shadow Price wanted to play... So I said, fuck it. I'm just going to make a new account. So I have more space in the vault. But that's my (laughs) destiny reasons to start a new account. Well, we also did it because we were bored with our main accounts because we already had everything, too. Which is, you know, like... I mean... (laughs) That is true. That's not really for the same purpose, though. I mean... Yeah, you're right. You're 
No, no, it's two different things. It's two totally different things. Yeah. Motivation. Well, like when I played uh, Warcraft, I mean, you had several alt accounts. I mean, like when you were a hardcore World of Warcraft player, like when you're when you're into the crack level addiction of Warcraft, which it's a real thing. <laughs> War crack. <laughs> you might have two or even three alt accounts because you're using this account to, you know, manufacture something that you're going to sell to your other character that's then going to sell it to this other character. We had a buddy that did this with um, Neverwinter. It was called a game called yeah. Neverwinter. Yeah. <laughs> we used to call Same it concept. Nevercrack for him. Are you talking about Joker? <laughs> he oh spent $75 on, what was it, the Dragonborn? He spent $100 on some stupid <laughs> skin. It's ridiculous. I don't know. Whatever. I don't judge. <laughs> Who am I to judge? I've spent I mean, hundreds of dollars on this game, and I'm probably going to spend hundreds more. So, <laughs> But it wasn't a skin, though. No, it's shirts and the ray jacket and hats no, and he, he bought a skin for like almost a hundred dollars <laughs> there was there was shit like that in warcraft that was astronomical prices like tens of thousands of dollars oh geez tens of thousands who why well i mean we're going back you know counter strikes like that too i think there's like certain knives or skins and things like that it that wasn't game. even it was no it was just like you might have like this uh particular scepter that had a 0.02% drop rate from a raid for a specific class and somebody would just throw it up on the market and people mm. would bid real money for it and it was just that's crazy it would, oh it was well yeah this was Warcraft is this, there's a I will never play World of Warcraft again it's you will literally lose all of your friends uh your significant other <laughs> weight <laughs> you'll probably lose weight sleep personal hygiene goes right out the window <laughs> i remember i look at listen i remember coming home one night from a date many years ago and i brought my date to my office to show her my warcraft character's emotes with its pet Grand she thought it was cool. Wow. But years later, I realized how geeky that might have appeared to a different female. <laughs> Dude, I think she's a keeper, man. You know, thought that was cool. That's great. You keep her. She's like, this is amazing. I went, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get married. <laughs> no. No. So men at arms, I gotta ask. What's next for you? Where do you see yourself in the next 12 months? God, hopefully alive. I knew he was going to say that. <laughs> hopefully alive. Hopefully alive. Oh. I will definitely be a lot less political than I am at present. <laughs> that, that's something that will stop probably in November, and we won't hear anymore of that shit from me on social media. But, uh, I mean, it's right. It's a wait and see thing. It, it really is. Cause there's so much uncertainty with what's going on in the world. Like, uh, 
Well, like the, the reason I'm going to start streaming again next week is I just cut back my own hours at work <laughs> because, and we, we all did, it wasn't just me, but it was a choice of, okay, do we lay off people again or do we, you know, make cutbacks? And so we make cutbacks and it was, it was every last one of us on the upper end of the, you know, decision-making. It's like, we all took cutbacks either in salary or like me personally, I only get paid if I'm physically there. So now I work 12 to seven for the time being. The difference in that was 3000 bucks a week in payroll. That's when you're talking about the guys at the bottom of our business that work for 10 bucks, 12 bucks an hour, three grand a week is a lot of jobs. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the world we're living in right now. Like hopefully, you know, it COVID works out soon ish <laughs> January ish. And we can get a sense of normalcy and things will kind of settle down. But, uh, I mean, I'll still be doing the show. I mean, I I really like uh, Unfiltered. Uh, I'm going to go back to playing Destiny all the time next week, I'm sure. But uh, I really wanted, and this is just something, I had an idea to do this two years ago. I really just want to make some Siege videos now. But I want to make them in the same style I make the Man at Arms YouTube gun videos. But I just want to do it about the individual characters in siege because they all have their little stories and abilities and everything. And I just think it would be really funny to, to do like a, uh, a, a personnel profile on an SAS operator that throws vials of cat urine as a defense, because that's just kind of the way I see that. working. <laughs> so I can, I can, I can work with this, but it's Great. mindless, but, uh, I know I've been I've been really streaming a lot more with Orchid's been streaming with me a while now. Who's one of my mods? Hey, it's Orchid. But uh, BK, who's been a friend for years, BK Spleen, she's been kind of gaming with us when the time because it's really hard to coordinate with England when you live on the east coast of the U.S. Like nothing oh, really yeah. matches up. Oh yeah. <clears throat> but I'd really want to when we get at least the three of us together and maybe some other people just kind of do a regular, like once every couple of weeks, we're just going to play whatever. And I'm just going to stream it and I'm going to cut the whole thing down and I'm going to post it for the world to see. And it's going to be stupid because we really don't try to win anything that we're playing when we're all together. It's like literally who can push the other person harder to meme the greatest but it's going to be fun, right? Oh, it's always fun. Oh, it's I completely always. yeeted myself off the top of a building to try and prove a point the other day. I'm like, <laughs> I can get him. It's like, you don't even know where the window is. Watch this. <laughs> nope, the window is over there. Damn it. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's very cool. And Man at Arms, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. And uh, we have about 20 minutes, 15 minutes left. And I'd like to segue a little bit and talk about podcasting. You mentioned Destiny Unfiltered. You've been podcasting for a little over a year now, right? We're 
broaching we're close we're closer to two years now yeah Dude, that's freaking amazing that's so awesome i'm still shocked and we we have a lot of respect for you i've looks like your podcast partners in the chat too on air pc oh ryan is here i cl- i had to close the chat because reasons <laughs> my whole pc went black i was just kind of like oh god close everything <laughs> alarm it was because my internet dipped i never reopened the chat hello ryan how are you <laughs> <laughs> welcome everyone. Well, no, what were you gonna say sorry so let's let's talk a little bit about podcasting and and we're both kind of kind of in the same boat there we we started our podcast around the same time yeah so our journeys are probably fairly similar so how has your journey been with podcasting in the last couple of years i you know i i I keep learning things all the time and uh and i've always been like this even with uh like my youtube videos back in the day i'm very hypercritical of myself like to the point to where there's been times I didn't want to release a video and I like send it to friends. I'm like, I don't think this is good. And they're like, are you fucking stupid? Just release it already because I over fiddle with things. And I, it's really hard with a podcast. I don't like to watch myself like in person. It's really awkward and surreal for me, but I'll go back a couple of weeks after the fact and re-listen to the show one for like the technical stuff like because i have a horrible we have a horrible time balancing sound for some reason it's like sometimes some weeks it's like was my mic too low was my mic too loud and then you have to go on like guest adjustments for the following week (laughs) it's like okay let me turn the gain up but uh when i say that i keep learning and i'm still actively working on this to interview somebody there is a lot to learn about when you have a guest on to do a proper interview because me i'm i mean granted i'm a little different but i can if you turn a camera on i'll just talk for four hours as you've probably picked up on during (laughs) the course of this so it's really hard to consciously you know yield the floor and have a conversation sometimes because as soon as the light comes on, I'm, I, I've said this many times. I feel most myself when I'm in front of a microphone more so than when I'm in the real world, because that's just, but that's just a part. That's how my brain works. Me in front of the camera is the real me. So when to yield time to other people in the conversation, you have to be cognizant of it. But one thing, and I'm still actively learning this in, I'm watching some things and reading a couple things is when you're doing an interview, how to ask questions because we don't script our questions on our show. It's just kind of like, well, you know, you were there. It's like, we're going to hit the button. Whatever happens, it's forever. It's recorded, you know? But um, recently the thing I've learned that's been the most helpful is when you're talking with a guest and you ask them a question if you are really paying attention to what they're saying, they're going to give you the next question to ask. So there's th- kind of like two methods that you can have in an interview. Uh, and if you commit to both of them, 
they can be, you can be very successful at, but if you have like a scripted set of questions, these are the topics and the questions I want to ask this person, that's fine. You could do that. But if you kind of just go out and you're gunslinging, so to speak, you really have to pay attention and listen intently to the other person. And like when you tell a story or when the, the guest is telling a story, there's something in that story. It's like, okay, well, let me, uh, that was really interesting. I want to ask them to elaborate on that point in that story. And the next thing you know, two hours has flown by. You didn't even realize. And you had nothing on the sheet of paper. So the listening to other people in the conversation, I'm paying, I'm, I'm doing it differently in my head. I'm, I'm instead, instead of just showing up for the conversation, I'm actually thinking about what's going on. <laughs> Whereas it was, it's kind of like a, a wrecking ball swinging through a room is pretty much my whole personality, to be honest with you. But, uh, and, and the only other thing, and I did not write this. I did not discover this. Someone said this to me a long time ago because they saw somebody else say it a long time ago. I don't know if it was Broman. I don't know if it was Jay Sniperton. Uh, who said it originally, but consistency on scheduling. So, you know, we go on Tuesdays. We, for the most part, unless real life intervenes, we show up on Tuesday, whether we want to or not sometimes. <laughs> it's like, you know, I might have gotten off of work 15 minutes before we go live on the Tuesday. It's like, you know, it's Tuesday night. The audience is there. We have to show up. And that's... It's like anything else. When you watch a, you know, a network television show, if it's seven o'clock on Monday, you're and you like the show, you're going to show up every seven o'clock on Monday. Your whole world's going to magically clear up for seven o'clock on Monday, so you can watch your favorite hospital TV show. I did that with Celebrity Poker Showdown on Bravo TV back in 2003 because I, I used to love that show. I don't know why it was poker you, and celebrities. Did you always have time to watch it? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Amazingly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just amazingly. Your whole life fell into place so you could watch yeah. Celebrity Poker. Texas Hold'em was big during that time back in 03 and 04. So, so Man at Arms, I got to ask, so what are some speed bumps that you faced along the way in your podcasting journey with Destiny Unfiltered in the last couple of <laughs> years? Uh, God. Uh, the, the technical stuff, which I have no help at the technical stuff takes me out. Ryan will be the first person to tell you this. If something technical goes wrong, like audio or video, I have OCD. I'm completely wrecked for the rest of the show <laughs> until that item gets fixed. I will sit there the whole show and I'll be watching the show that I am doing and just staring at the camera going, why do I look like Mega Man? <laughs> why we we haven't had a whole lot of i don't want to say bad guests but uh every once in a while you get somebody on they just don't gel with you and it's going to happen i mean if unless you're like really hardcore vetting guest is going to happen there's been a couple times where we've had people on that we thought it was going to be great and it fell really flat and that's just there. different personalities there. having a conversation. We're all different people. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with them. It's just our dynamic did not work out. 
And then we had people that we thought it was going to be absolutely it's like, oh, well, this is going to be horrible. And then it just turned out to be freaking amazing conversations we had on the show. Uh, how it, eh. We've also drank too much on occasion. That is another thing. <laughs> See, I think I know our problem. We don't drink enough. <laughs> At least that's my problem. Yeah. We, we actually promote this shows we are going to drink too much on now to keep us from drinking too much all of the time. <laughs> it's just like every like three or four months we'll have an episode and we'll call it Mayhem. And we'll get a green-eyed music lover from uh, Focus Fire Chat oh, to come nice. hang out with us. And whoever else we can think of or scrounge together. And we, <laughs> can you we do it? Hit, I'm there. We just, we, just, we just hit go live, and we don't know what's... Literally, we have no topic. We know we're just not talking about Destiny. We'll talk about anything else. <laughs> you guys should, should, should play asshole. <laughs> like while we having the podcast. <laughs> oh, we've had like deep social, economic, political discussions that went nowhere and ended up being about porn at the end of the. We don't know how we got there <laughs> or why. And then you wake up the next morning, it's like, did I really talk about that on the air? <laughs> oh, but it's out there. Out there for the whole world to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I definitely would not use us as an archetype to patent your own podcast after. If you have any aspirations of doing a gaming slash uh, talk show, because we don't even know how our own show works anymore. <laughs> Welcome to my world. I'm I'm the same way. We don't we don't know. We don't throw it against the wall if it sticks. Then okay. <laughs> Great. This week it's working fine. Next week it might not. And if it doesn't, then you know, it doesn't we'll play it by ear. It's fine. You've had so many guests on the show. Do you have any episode that really sticks out to you? Oh. Well, Con, I mentioned Khan earlier, but he's so he's on the forefront of my mind, but that's not uh that was a great show, but that's not necessarily. Uh, God, what's one that really just like? See, I, 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 I was not prepared for this question. Uh, God, we had a lot of people on. That did really throw me off. We had an episode with Green and Issa Cole. And, uh, I don't even remember what we talked about, but it was it was definitely like one of the most fun shows we ever did. Cause everyone was off the rails, except Green, who was trying she wasn't even trying to keep everything together. She was just sitting there watching the train fall off the side of the cliff. <laughs> but we had a blast. But uh I know I'm forgetting somebody. It, you know, we've had Joe Paul Wrights on. I yeah, we three times. Yep, three times. We had Joe Pa. We had him on once. Joe Pa was actually a victim of one of the episodes where the video went sketchy, and it was just such a bad show, and I felt bad for him. It's like Joe, just the next time you're free, just come back on. We'll make it up to you because we. I, 
I've talked to Joe many, many times. We've been there. We've been there before. When it's just like it's not you. It's definitely me. <laughs> I, yeah, I we had to ask, ask the guests to come back the next night because something, yeah, messed up in Discord with the recording or whatever. You know, so so there was no Twitch as a backup or any live recording. We used yeah. to have Skype for fuck's sake. Okay, that's how we I, started out as a podcast using I Skype. Know. It was bad. Honestly, I'll tell you the the guest that meant the most to me was having uh, Mr. Boop Cannon on. Which uh, Boop is, I mean, he's our mod in theory. <laughs> uh, he makes, he, every guest that comes on, he offers to make a flaming Elmo, Elmo gif of themselves just for them. <laughs> And so he asks for a photo and he sends it back their own personal flaming Elmo, Elmo rise gif. That's awesome. <laughs> but, uh, we've had boop on twice and Sean, you know, there's a lot of people, I mean, not just in gaming, but in real life, you know, they, they, they have more than one face and Sean doesn't, he's just, boop is always boop. And he is just a genuinely polite, nice and caring dude he genuinely if he calls you a friend he genuinely cares it's not just another follower on twitter or on his uh his steam account it's he if he you know if you get to the point where you cross line with sean where you're his friend he cares he'll just you know months will go by and we haven't like the enemy channel all of a sudden I was like buddy i just want to make sure you're doing okay yeah, no. And then he'll start asking about my family, my wife, my kids, a story he heard me tell four weeks ago. <clears throat> and he's like that with everyone, everyone he knows. So, yeah, he's just an amazing, just amazing a good person. dude. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I honestly, I, I can't have him on every week because it would, it would cheapen it. <laughs> It would cheapen the experience, but I definitely have to have them on once or twice a year and be like, dude, just come on and be you, whatever it is. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. And hey, maybe, maybe we'll get them on the show sometime. Yeah, yeah. I highly recommend it. That would be awesome. And a couple more questions before we let you go. Yeah, how, sure. how do you maintain growth, maintain relevance? in such a crowded space as a destiny podcast i mean there's a new one coming out every week and only a handful are really really truly successful i uh, god this is gonna be like the most arrogant thing you've probably ever heard somebody say <laughs> i have no other way to say it i have the good fortune of being me and I'm pretty unique. Just my humor is unique. My, everything I do is, it is unique. It's not designed. I just am me. So if I show up on Twitch, people are there. If I make a YouTube pe video, people have been there. I've been very grateful and very humble for it. I show up for the show, people are there. People download the show. They listen. I, it's very hard to quantify I'm a, I'm just different. Different is good when you're, when you, especially when you're in a crowded medium. Uh, 
What's his name? Jimmy Fallon? I don't, I don't particularly and have never liked Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> Even when he was on Saturday Night Live, I don't think he's funny. I realize again that this is me and this is a me problem. And it's okay that everyone else on the planet finds Jimmy Fallon funny and I don't. It's, nobody's judging me. But he is very unique in his late night talk show. He does the stupid games with celebrities where they have giant hands and they slap each other. And it's different than what Letterman and Carson and uh, Conan O'Brien did. Conan O'Brien was more Jimmy Fallon <laughs> in comparison <laughs> to Carson. And then Jimmy Fallon went really, really far. So when you have, even though it's something, I think it's so stupid. And yet I go on YouTube and I watch these stupid games he plays with celebrity and I don't even like the guy. And then I find myself laughing. I think it's so stupid. It's funny. That's, that's one of those things, you know, it's, that's the thing. I would much rather watch him than Letterman. If his bearded old wrinkly Methuselah ass comes out of retirement yet again, for the 900th time because he was just back on the air again recently, but he, <laughs> he sticks out. So I think he, well, more importantly, I think he is very genuine. A lot of people, when the camera goes on, it's okay to be an actor. And if you're a talented actor, you can get away with that. Many people are not talented actors, so it's much easier just to be yourself because an audience can tell when you're being disingenuous or disingenuous. Ingenuous? I don't English well. But like a, a perfect example, his name's on my Discord right now, Dan Finity. When you meet Dan in real life, Dan in real life, ha-ha! <laughs> I like that. When you meet Great Dan guy, Finity, well, he's the same dude that you see on Twitch. The exact same dude. He is himself. And that is the reason Dan has had the success that he's had is one, he's a very good person. He's a very likable person, but he's also a very genuine person. Dan doesn't go, okay, it's showtime and become Dan when he hits the go live button. He's just Dan. A lot of people, when you, when you go through the Twitch directory, you, you just go through and pick in some random people you've never heard of. If you watch them for five minutes, you're if you watch a lot of different content creators, you're gonna notice that they're trying to emulate someone else. Yeah. Just in the things they say and the way they do it, or maybe their sense of humor. It's like, oh, well, this guy's humor is exactly like this guy. So this guy watches this guy's videos and he's trying to he's he's carbon copying himself after this guy. And then you turn it off and you move on. I can relate to that. I can relate to that. Like I I'm pretty much myself when I'm on here, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to be anybody else. I'm not trying to put on a different persona. Um, so I know exactly what you mean. Um, man at arms. And yeah, I mean, and the other aspect of it is once you start, once you think you have nothing else to learn, you're done. Yeah. You have to always be willing to listen and learn and <clears throat> take criticism, which, uh, is not a huge part of my personality and we work <laughs> through it through therapy, but you have to be able to take criticism. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Well said. Awesome. 
And we're going to continue the podcast in just a few moments. We're going to take a very brief intermission and say goodbye to Man at Arms, and we'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. (laughs) We talked about Destiny. We talked about podcasting. And we still have a couple of things to talk about before we wrap things up for the evening. And the first thing we're going to talk about is the Prophecy Dungeon. And me and Shadow Price had a chance to play the Prophecy Dungeon about a week and a half ago, right, Shadow? Yeah, yeah, we had one of our friends. Uh, uh, it was uh, Bob. Bushman Bob uh, from Bushman the Bob. Destiny Addicts podcast. Great guy, great guy. Definitely make sure to check him out. Yeah. Um. Spoiler alert: Cornholio got carried. I was under level. I was like ten thirty-five at that point. Um. I'm leveled up now, so we're good. Even but, I um, died. You know, quite a bit too in there. I mean, those enemies are no joke. They they hit hard, for sure. So we got a new Vidoc or a live interview with some of the creators behind the Prophecy Dungeon. And we got a chance to learn a little bit about the thought process behind the activity. We had Andrew Hops and Brandon Thorne on the hot seat, and they talked about some of the efforts that went into creating the Prophecy Dungeon. Yeah, and, and they actually ran, you know, the fire team through there while they were talking about it. Kind of like a ride-along, basically. So, yeah, kind of like a ride-along. Which was really cool, because they showed their design philosophy for the dungeon. They showed concept art and, you know, different uh, test environments, you know, showing the different mechanics of the dungeon. And it was, uh, it was pretty cool. You always like to see the behind-the-curtain look to see how the uh you know the bread is bread is baked and on that note earlier this week bungie released a pretty extensive article detailing some of the things that were discussed during this live event and this article begins by stating the following a shadow approaches A pyramid ship floating above serves as a looming reminder that we are unprepared, that we know not what the future pretends. You must search for answers if you hope to face the oncoming storm. You must seek the nine. You must hear the prophecy. That's pretty powerful. It's a pretty powerful statement. And it looks like we went back and we got a chance to see the nine, right? And we get to learn a little bit more about the lore behind the nine. Yeah. 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 It is really cool. Seek the nine. Uh, You know, there's a lot of symbolism, you know, happening this season. A lot of symbolic references, you know, the pyramid ships are coming. 
they're here actually on four of the destinations. So seek the nine, you know, because I feel like, you know, that that's the whole idea of the prophecy is we're learning from the nine, basically what we're going to do to combat these celestial beings. I feel like. And one of the things that was answered during the Vidoc was where will the dungeon take the players? And this was essentially created as a universe created for us to explore about the nine and their story. And it integrates the dungeon into the overall story that we're playing in the game right now and everything that's unfolding with the pyramid ships and the darkness. And that was really interesting. And while the pyramids are here, um, there's, there's something big happening. And right now we're almost busy discovering what's the nine doing and how they're connected with what we're playing in the game right now. Yeah. And we're preparing the other destinations, you know, for this exodus, because, you know, the prophecy is going to tell us that these places are going to exit the world, the universe, you know, uh, something is, has going to happen. That's uh, a catastrophic event. You know, when we're preparing these destinations for it, that's why you see those destinations, like snippets of those destinations in the Prophecy Dungeon itself. And one of the things that was mentioned in the article, they wanted players to view the prophecy as foreshadowing. Exactly. To be able to look back at this dungeon and realize that Bungie has been laying the groundwork for something massive the whole time it's brilliant it's totally so, brilliant it's so inverse right so there's a connection between the dungeon and everything that's happening and how everything's unfolding and that's very interesting and that's storytelling from a gameplay perspective environmental I really too. In environmental yeah. storytelling yeah yeah you know and it's and I, uh, I find that very interesting yeah, just like they said, uh, they've been laying the groundwork for this. You know, they've been working, you know, diligently behind the scenes to create these uh, mini sequences, these things that we're experiencing in the game right now that's going to drive us to a conclusion at the end of this season. Like, we know something big is going to happen at the end of the season. We already know it. We just, we just don't know what exactly it's going to be. But... It's going to be something pretty, pretty, uh, pretty profound, I bet. Oh, absolutely. And the mechanics in the dungeon were also very unique and different from what we have played before. And here's something interesting that Brian Thorne said about the mechanics that were created for this activity. We started with these happy little accidents, said Brandon. Then we find out how to layer them on top of each other for a smooth experience. We start with the core mechanics in a safe learning environment. Then we add some difficulty, a twist or two, and tie it all together 
It's a solid method to make the whole experience feel cohesive. So that gives us quite a bit of insight into the thought process behind how Bungie creates activities and mechanics and the things that we play during endgame activities like the dungeon. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really cool when they interwove weave it into the story. You know, so Shadow it, Price, what what did you think of the new dungeon now that we oh, had a chance to play? I think it's fantastic. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh the environments are super cool in there. Like you feel like you're in some 80s time warp almost like in some spots. And you got this like synth music playing in the background, the synth wave. So they really set the mood for what you're actually experiencing, what you're looking at, you know, in in that environment. And, you know, it's you're fighting a lot of Taken. I, I get that. That's, you know, the Taken seem to be everywhere, like in the in the solar system. And to feel like we're ever going to finally get rid of them is, you know, to probably take out all the rest of the hive hierarchy. You know that was responsible for bringing the taken to the to the world to begin with but i think it's great i think it's fantastic i think it's well designed i think it's tons of fun it's got like a lot of you know nostalgic things i would say in there too like they called it rainbow road for that one spot on stream when you're just like going down in your sparrow and i can see exactly why they call it that you know so I thought that was really cool element when you actually get out there and you see it. Yeah, I really enjoyed the new dungeon because I felt it was very unique and very different from anything that Bungie has done before. They, yeah. It felt very experimental to me where they kind of pushed boundaries and pushed the limits of what they are able to do both creatively and, and artistically, um, but also in terms of mechanics, I think it's really cool. It almost reminded me of Vault of Glass, how you teleport into a whole different dimension and the way you're going forward and you, you have to stay close to the boss because if you don't, you have a, t a timer that essentially it's a wipe mechanic. And so I thought that was really interesting in the game and it was fun the only thing to me that was kind of lacking i didn't feel like i was chasing after anything special and we've talked about this pretty extensively for some time now but like i i wish that we had more incentives to, to chase after some of the more difficult activities that we're playing through that's what's missing, right? The loot. The loot right now, unfortunately, in the end game activities is not special. It doesn't have any kind of uh, qualities that would set that apart from all the other loot in the game. It just feels like another piece of loot. Nothing that really feels truly special like it did in D1. Absolutely. And I hope they bring this feeling of specialness back specialness is that even a word <laughs> uh, i well it is now 
it is now, right? <laughs> I hope they create that feeling of special, and 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 with with this new raid that we're going to be playing, and hopefully more end game activities beyond just that one raid. I really hope in future seasons we're able to get more things like more dungeons and more end game activities that are fun, engaging. And keep us playing because one raid isn't going to really do it, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm hopeful for Beyond Light to hopefully fix some of these uh, loot um, problems that we're having in the end game department or in, just in any part of the game. You know, when we get that strike back, the Will of Crota, are we going to see Grasp of Malak come back? I think we, we, we should. I think it needs to. I think when the Fallen Saber strike and the um, Sepix Primes come back, we need like Devil's Dawn back in there. We need like, and you know, we need special loot again. You know, it's like even Vault of Glass when, you know, that comes back next year. Yes, it needs to have those iconic weapons in it too that we got from D1, you know. See, and but how do you strike a balance between bringing back old stuff versus creating new stuff well because at, at what point do you do you have a situation where there's too much old stuff and not enough new stuff well you can do both i think you could uh for the strikes you could rotate the loop i feel like you could rotate some of the you know you, you could or or just put it on rng you know base thing you know have some old stuff in there have some new stuff in there right problem solved you get the best of both worlds when you do that i i think it you know? sounds great on paper but I, I do have a concern in terms of can bungie sustain that because historically speaking bungie has not been able to keep up with the pace of creating rewards for the game at, at the pace that we wanted right well at this point i think they have to just because of how much they're sunsetting too you know it's like and i feel like that's part of the reason why they're taking the extra time well not, and i mean that's not the only reason obviously covid i'm sure has impacted them you know to create and get to the dead hit the deadlines in time you know because they're they are working from home so now know? here's here's just a thought and they and I don't know if Bungie confirmed any of this, but did they really state anything about in in the process of sunsetting weapons? Are they introducing the same weapons back with new updated? You know, I feel like dates? well, some of them they are. I mean, because they some of them had to have gotten reissued. I've, as if you haven't seen this season, when you get some of the drops there's you know they're weapons that you've gotten before but they have the season of arrivals tag on them now so they're going to be good till you're like 1360 or whatever so yes they did reissue some of those weapons well so but i see i would be curious in in that knowing how many weapons are being reissued versus how many weapons are actually new and how many weapons are brought back from destiny one because i think this will be a really important question right because when we talk about sunsetting and everything happening with that 
we're thinking, oh, well, they're sunsetting all of these weapons because they're introducing all of these new things into the game, but they have to, right? But I challenge a different thought in the thought that maybe they're sunsetting items, but they're re reissuing them back in a massive scale where most of the weapons are just coming back in that way. And I think that would be very disappointing if that becomes the reality of what we get this November. That would be. That would be disappointing. I don't want to see a scave lock come back next season. I don't want to see any of those vanilla Destiny 2 weapons at all. Like they've they've got to be new. Like I I get that they bought themselves some time to reintroduce some of the weapons from this season. I get that. They they bought themselves some time, so they probably don't have to make as many new weapons, but I hope they're making a robust amount of new weapons. We don't know exactly though. We don't know until they talk to us about what the, you know, what the fall's gonna look like. Cause we we still have over three months before yeah. we'll beyond lights here. So there's still a lot of time for them to talk to us about how the world is going to change in the systems and the economy and, and the loop structure goes. Yeah. So, yeah. We definitely have a lot of time. And these are just speculations. These are just thoughts that, I don't know, going through my mind in terms of what could be. But we don't know for sure. What we do know is that we are getting a new expansion this fall in November. Um, we're also getting some activities that are being extended through this season of arrivals because obviously Beyond Light is getting delayed. Before we move on to the weekly update, I do want to also ask, do you think this dungeon serves as enough content to hold us over as far as endgame content is concerned <laughs> i'd be lying if i said yes so no no i don't think it does i think there's got to be something else hopefully you know because this dungeon's going away at the end of the season too i mean it's oh, nice yeah. that the season got extended you know unfortunately due to the delay so we will have the dungeon for a little bit longer until it it's, it is going to go away for a season before they can bring it back again and you know so i mean i i don't know i i feel like the i don't think it's going to be enough unfortunately so i hope there's something else that happens this season that becomes like you know even if it's like a live event, but you're actually taking part in it, you know, more, you know, it's not something completely akin to the almighty, you know, just, you're just watching it, but maybe something where you're actually, you, you are interacting more in it, with it, you know, so Definitely. we'll see. We will see. Time will tell. That is for sure. Mm-hmm. And I have to agree with you. I don't think the dungeon does enough to keep us playing. As a replayable activity, I think that Bungie has kind of, I don't know, it, it, it lost its way. And 
I think that Bungie needs to figure out a way to make activities replayable, and they can't just use power level as a motivator for why you're doing these activities. There needs to be more than that. There needs to be weapons and, and armor and mods that you're chasing, very specific things that you're chasing in the activity to motivate you to keep playing. And I think that this is something that Bungie kind of lost back when... Do you remember when we were playing prestige versions of raids and it was weird because when they implemented this more difficult version of the activity the weapons and the armor weren't really that different they maybe had a different skin on it they looked a little bit different but overall nothing else was really different are you talking about destiny one or two destiny one is when it started i believe yeah yeah they i believe it was during i don't know if it was during the taken king i want to say it was during rise rise of iron no you were right it was during king's taken king uh king's fall yeah yeah they had a regular set and a harrowed set i believe and all it did was look a different color basically but pretty much the same weapon i mean and 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 to be honest with you i think there's an opportunity there and even if it's a simple thing like giving you guaranteed enhanced mods if you complete the most difficult of the most difficult activity i think and ornaments and ornaments you know they need to make the game feel special and i think the things that we're getting in eververse to be honest with you these seem like really good potential items that could be added to the end game Like, imagine you're farming a boss during a raid and you get a skin for or an ornament for your whatever weapon or exotic. I think that would make it a lot more incentivizing. Well, well, they've kind of done... Well, they said they've done this. They've done this with the dungeon. They The set that's in the dungeon... um, The Daedal, the Daedal was originally in Eververse. They pulled it from there to throw in the dungeon, basically. Um, so, I mean, that's what they said. I get, we got to take them at their word, right? They, that's what they said. So I feel like um, that was one to hopefully separating some of the Eververse, some of the specialness you get from it. So some of the things that look really cool in Eververse, you know, the emotes, the shaders, the the sparrows the ornaments you know all those things i think they're gonna try to put them into more of the end game activities and more of the aspirational content and you know the dungeon is an aspirational uh piece of content and they took like you know like i said they took that armor set and now hope forward maybe you know even before the end of the season maybe they can do that with some uh more you know some more end game activities if they do tend to happen before the end of the season definitely next season though i feel like they're going to incorporate that more next season with moving some of these items from eververse 
you know, in, in, and then putting them in the game into the content. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So here's, here's the thought. Do you think that the model for how Bungie is optimizing on Destiny is changing? Like, do you uh, think that Eververse didn't really perform as well from a financial standpoint and they had to essentially take away the free content and pretty much make the majority of the game kind of paid in order yeah. to sustain sort of yeah and, and them you know partnering with microsoft too when it comes to like you know getting them on game pass too like uh you know obviously there was a deal struck there where both sides are going to benefit you know more people on xbox are going to be able to play destiny 2 and its expansions you know beyond light if you're a game pass owner you're going to be able to play beyond light in your in game pass you're going to be able to play the new content and Definitely. and the older content from the older expansions and the thing i wanted to say also about you know i feel like we're going to get a lot of new in beyond light you know that stasis though stasis subclass you know the stasis element itself it's a whole new element so it's going to change the game in a lot of ways. You know, if you just saw that trailer they had the last week when, you know, they showed yourself throwing down an ice you know, platform, a platform, you made a platform, you changed the geometry by throwing a grenade. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious about it. I'm not fully sold on it. I, I, I don't want to call it a game changer before we get to play the content because i think that in pretty much i would argue almost every past expansion that we've played like the enemies looked a little bit different you know like the fallen splicers or, or whatever the siva you know or the taken these are small modifications to me in enemies nothing major that would really change the game certainly not from the perspective of what bungie was marketing the content as and that's fine you know you're gonna see trailers they're designed to look really freaking cool and that's just how they're designed to look i don't know how it's going to overall impact the game because for all we know maybe those abilities will only be usable in certain locations or under certain restrictions i don't know i don't know how it's going to going to work or how it's going to overall impact the game itself yeah i mean it it's gonna be new for everybody you know so it's uh we're gonna play it because you know we're we're destiny fans so and it, it looks like it's gonna be fun it looks like it's gonna be cool and uh we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, and and hey, speaking of new, we do have some new updates from Bungie in the form of this week at Bungie. And let's talk about it. Yeah. So the first thing that Bungie talked about during the update was the new dungeon. And we did talk about the dungeon. 
they had the uh, video revealed. Did you watch that Vidoc? Yeah, I, I did watch the live stream. They, uh, I always like when they do these things because you just get to see the, their design <clears throat> philosophy. You get to see how a little peek behind the curtain, you know, what they were thinking when they did this, you know, what were some of the uh, different designs and different mechanics that they were looking to achieve, you know, how they interweave that, like I said earlier, into the story, which is pretty cool because you have actually dialogue from Drifter and Eris, different parts of that dungeon. So it's kind of cool. I did watch it and I liked it. So I haven't seen it yet, but I'm planning on watching it. I mean, probably by the weekend, I'll check it out. Yeah, it's like an hour. And um, yeah, it should be interesting. Uh, But I enjoy these things because, yeah, you know, you get a chance to see how these activities are made and you get a better appreciation for them and, and what the thought process goes into creating such an activity and if you think about it in a way does it not almost kind of sort of help you with the next dungeon that's going to come out because in a way you have an idea for how bungie thinks when they create these kind of activities so that's really interesting there's usually some mechanic you know that's what dungeons are they're like mini raids basically they're three person raids in a way because there's you got to satisfy a mechanic in there, I feel like. Definitely. And Shadow Price, what's going on in the world of Iron Banner next week? Oh, Iron Banner, that's going to be uh, gracing us with its presence again. And uh, we're going to, you know, hopefully get out there and, you know, play and get some more pinnacle rewards because you want to raise your power because you want to be ready for beyond light it's going to be control you know we're, we're familiar with that so make sure you get out there and capture the zones and uh we're gonna they're gonna bring back the the loot that we've had for the last iron banner you're gonna the, the rewards for getting those bounties done is going to be the fool's remedy sidearm and the forward path auto rifle which there are some really good roles on those weapons. I actually have a really good forward path that behaves like a SMG and it fires really fast and it has a, it's really sticky with its target too. So I get, I get some pretty good, uh, pretty good kill streaks with it actually. So I did find myself a good one of those weapons, but I didn't really get a good fool's remedy. So I'll hop in at some point. And probably next week and try to get one of those you know what how about you what do you what are you looking forward to for it uh well first off i have to level up my character and now that i finally got my power cap leveled up um i think i'm at 159 officially so now i can finally get higher level items So I'm definitely planning on doing some Iron Banner, at least on my Hunter, just so I can get my power leveled up. Um, Also, yeah, getting getting some some weapons because I kind of did a thing. I maybe deleted like pretty much 70 to 80 percent of what I had in my um, Postmaster and, and in my vault because it was getting a little, you know, 
out of control. Like pretty much I hoard things when I play. I don't really look at stats or roles. I just kind of put everything in to my storage and then eventually I get to Deal a point with where it's like I can't really play anymore because everything is just overflowing. So I got to that point. So I am definitely going to be trying to get a uh, fool's remedy and a forward path because I deleted both guns that I had. So um, they were going to expire anyways. So it's not like it really mattered. But that's something that I'm going to be playing. Yeah, the good um, the good thing is these will be relevant because they have the uh, season of arrivals. The, the updated arrivals um, yeah. expiration or whatever. What do you call it? I feel weird saying expiration. It feels like it's just a season of arrivals like uh, icon. So basically, it's good for a year from this point. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you know, that's one thing that, you know, I'm going to be playing but at the same time i'll be honest with you i don't really care about getting god rolls anymore because it's like they're going to expire after a year so it doesn't really matter at this point so it's like if i don't get a god roll am i going to care so much probably not and that was actually one of the things that i was concerned about this new change with the game because let's face it if the game asks you to grind for something and you have to really spend a lot of time and a lot of effort to get something and you know it's going to expire, you probably won't give a shit. Yeah. Unless you're like super hardcore about the game and you play on a daily basis, you're not going to care. And that's just the reality we live in and that's okay. Yeah. So when is Iron Banner available? Oh, uh, next Tuesday, August 4th, 10 a.m. Pacific to August 11th, 10 a.m. Pacific. Available for a week. Cool. And you can also get enhanced armor mods um, and armor with high stat rolls from match completions by, you can turn your tokens at uh, Saladin. So if you have tons of tokens, you can just token slam them and just get tons of drops. Sweet. Very cool. Okay, well, that's good to know. Mm -hmm. and we will definitely be looking out for that we will be playing iron banner next week uh, again starting at 10 a.m pacific on august 4th and that's 1 p.m eastern time for us and also we learned something else during this week's bungie weekly update we have some new patch notes that are coming to the game more fixes across the boards for nightfall the ordeal they are fixing an issue where the ordeal version of lake of shadows was inaccessible at tiers above the adept for players who don't own forsaken they're also fixing an issue where the festering core master nightfall was listed as 1080 power in the director but was actually 750 power oh yeah that's right people were grinding the hell out of that there that week because you could just run in there and it was seven like it was said 1080 but the enemies were 750 so people were blitzing through there no way man i missed it yeah i, missed, I missed it too stuff. i actually missed it too that week 
And needless to say, Guardians should expect a much greater challenge when engaging with this Drake. Thanks, Bungie. <laughs> Thanks, Bungie. Yep. More bad news. Coming to raids on the Leviathan. Rewards of XP, Glimmer, and chances of exotic engrams or bright engrams are now back to a weekly lockout. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, how the cookie crumbles, I guess. People were farming those dogs. <laughs> Weapons and armor are not affected by the weekly lockout and can be earned multiple times a week. It's good. At least they didn't, you know, uh, mess with that. Some more bad news. Or, I don't know. Investments. They fixed an issue where players should or could not acquire the means to an end quest from the prismatic recaster. Is that bad news? Do we want to play? No, I think that's actually, I mean, that's good for people who want to get that quest because you can get a pinnacle for doing that quest every week. Well, there we go. And actually, I think I may have gotten screwed from getting a pinnacle drop once or twice from that. So thanks, Bungie the dream and lastly we have one more thing for armor there was an issue with a ruinous effigy where it triggered a heal from stronghold titan exotic armor while blocking with the carry object and lastly They fixed an issue where the Umbral stat-focused engrams could provide less than 10 in the selected stat. What does Mm. that mean exactly? Fixed an issue where Umbral stat-focused engrams could provide less than 10 in the selected stat. Uh, uh, Less than 10 stat. Oh, I guess uh, it would be like a low like intellect uh discipline one of those uh one of those attributes basically where you're supposed to get like a a 10 which means really good for that specific stat okay anything 10 and above is good below 10 not good no bueno interesting Yeah, that's pretty much the twab. That's, I mean, that's pretty much it. They said, uh, Cosmo said that they, or DMG said, I'm sorry, that they're going to be given some solstice details next Thursday's twab. So we have that to look forward to next week. So we're finally going to learn about these. Allow us to finish our moments of triumph. How's that going for you? Uh, I mean... We did the raids, so we I'm happy about raid. that. Yep, I'm, we did it. You know, I'm. I, I just, I, I gotta knock some few things more off there. I think I haven't had a chance to really play much this week. It's been kind of a busy week for me, but you know, I'm gonna try to. I'll try to jump in at some point this weekend. Uh, it's actually gonna be another busy weekend for me, but you know, I'll I'll figure it out. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a fun 
week playing Destiny, leveling up to, uh, I guess, 1070 now, and finishing up some of the last things that we have to get our moments of triumph as we get ready for Solstice of Heroes. And I guess the weekly update, and we do have a tradition on the show where we rate the weekly update in the form of spicy tuna rolls. So Shadow Price, do you want to kick things off? What would you rate this week's Bungie weekly update? It's a two, man. (laughs) I cannot go any higher than a two. There's nothing in here that excites me. Like Iron Banner is coming back next week. Oh, joy. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I like playing Iron Banner occasionally you know but there's nothing really else in this update i mean just saying that there's a hot fix coming uh what is that next week hot fix preview yeah i i can't i can't give it more than two that's that's all i got man two yeah yeah i'm gonna have to agree with you there i i just don't think there was anything major there i think that the dungeon article was really good it was great that we saw the process behind it i think that was cool but iron banner coming back i mean cool that's fine but there's nothing here there's nothing new it's not like they're bringing iron banner weapons back or or there's anything new for iron banner it's just here chase after the same thing you were chasing after last time you know and it's just i mean it's okay they're gonna be down time you know and i think dmj or or deej or somebody talked about this like you know everyone's you know some are just it's informational you know it's something with something we expect they're not always going to be bangers yeah. You know, sometimes they're, you know, just going to be two spicy tuna rolls. But, you know, when they have a lot to say, you know, that's when people really, really pay attention. And, you know, I'm grateful that we get that insight. So. Well, yeah. there's a glimmer of hope. So <laughs> unanimous two out of two spicy tuna rolls. Two out of five. Or two out of five spicy yeah. tuna rolls for the Destiny Show podcast. And on that note, Guardians, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Destiny Show podcast. And before we wrap things up, Shadow Price, where can we learn more about you and what you do? Uh, yeah, I, first, before I want to thank our guests for coming on, uh, Man at Arms, you know, so um, it was awesome having him on and uh, talking about Destiny and other things, you know in the world but uh you can follow me on twitter at shadow price 79 and on here the destiny show podcast every thursday night on twitch.tv forward slash the destiny show awesome so man arms before we let you go where can our audience learn more about you and your podcast uh we have a site is destinyunfiltered.com that will bring you to all of our links. Uh, if you want to follow me specifically on the day-to-day, you can find me on Twitter. The Twitter link is on the, the Destiny Unfiltered website. I highly recommend you do not enable any notifications because I will kill your phone battery. 
it is a it is a journey with me on Twitter. It's it's a whole it's a ride. I followed you. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> Very cool. Well, Man at Arms, thank you so much for joining us and for hanging out with us. We're so grateful for your time and for a chance to hang out again. It's it's been such a pleasure to learn a little bit more about you and what you do and your experience with podcasting in destiny. No, bro. And I, I, I said this on our show is it. Thank you so much for having me. Cause you are one of the dudes I was talking about when I was talking about Dan, I think you just are just one of the nicest people out there mm-hmm. and a really genuine person. So thank you so much for having me on. I am trying to open a bottle of wine while closing out this show. What the fuck is wrong with me? In the next four weeks, we're going to be celebrating something very special. We're going to be celebrating our 50th episode. And in light of that, I've been planning something kind of special. And we have a very special guest that we're going to be announcing tonight. And on September 3rd, we're going to have Glad on the podcast live. And we're going to put him on the hot seat for our discussion with the Guardians We're going to be doing some giveaways and we're going to have a lot of fun. So we're very excited for that. And we're so grateful for all of our listeners, for everyone who has tuned in each and every week, who has hung out with us live. We're very grateful for all of you. So thank you. Yes. Thank you. All you. And you can find the Destiny Show podcast on all your favorite podcasting apps. We are everywhere every week, um, usually by Saturdays. I have the episodes out and you can find us on twitch.tv forward slash the Destiny Show. You can find us on Twitter at the Destiny Show. You can find me also on the Twitter at OMG Cornholio. And we also have a website at destinyshow.com. Guardians, we are just getting started. We're so excited about the future of the Destiny Show podcast and Destiny 2 Beyond Light. We're going to be playing this fall, and we have some more exciting things that we're going to be announcing pretty soon. We can't wait to see you all next week. And thank you all for joining us for another episode of the Destiny Show podcast. Good night, everyone. Bye-bye. Well, Rocky's been, like, literally sitting here next to me for the last, like, half hour. I would assume he wants to go out. So, yeah. um, Yeah, I got to call Carrie. Um, I told her I'd call her after podcast. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Since the dawn of time, there have been storytellers who teach through their stories. These myths give rise to fundamental truths, and these truths shape our collective experience. Yet these myths are not something of the past, and today they engage us more fully in the story itself. 
video games allow us to live the lives of our favorite myths. My name is Blue Crew 86, host of Focus Fire Chat, and I want to invite you to explore our modern day myths with us. Join with us as we explore the stories, the mythologies of the Destiny franchise, as well as other games. Let's explore together. <laughs>